by the powers vested in me by the Federal Communications Commission, I command you to get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. Welcome to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Kevin Deers is on the board tonight. And I already screwed up. What'd you do? Kept the kept the uh, the music on too loud. You can never play Elvis Costello too loud, there my friend. Go. Radio, radio, go. come on. Okay, let's blow out speakers. In I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got in trouble earlier this week, by the way. Calm you, down. You, you, you know about that? <laughs> yeah, I know about that. Uh, how does everyone know about that? This is like, uncomfortable. I got a memo, man. I got oh. a memo. Yeah, Kevin is a Kevin's a product of uh, rock radio. Yeah. Kevin has, uh, you, you were a KGRG graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've worked for the local rock station. You still work for the local rock station. I, I do. Think. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin's the kind of guy that's, uh, he's like a mercenary. Kevin works for, I think, three different stations now, currently at the same time. Yep. And you do the metal stuff still, right? You're yes. You're a big metal head. Yep. So when Kevin plays music in the control room and, and picks the music for our show... Uh, he tends to have the volume very, very loud. Unfortunately, uh, this is what I've heard. And I did not think it was that loud. No, no, no. It's because you've got hearing damage. It's true. You it's, do. It, it's, it's, that's what 10 years at rock radio does to you. It's true. Um, uh, is Mark available? He, he is, man. <laughs> He's on. Hey, gosh, come on. <laughs> Matt Markovich, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we get started with a... Wait, uh, wait, you know what? I, you know, I, I got to tell you, since you're talking about rock music and speakers, you know, when I, in high school, I was the speaker of the house, and my platform, my campaign slogan is I had the best woofers and tweeters to be the speaker. Nice. <laughs> See, that's smooth. So, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. That's like student government. You're a speaker of the yeah, house. Yeah, I was government. in high school. Yeah, nice. Uh, speaker of the house. So and, and politics was early on. You you're, you're a California kid by nature, right? Or Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Okay. I love their cartoons, by the way. Sorry, it's gonna, it's gonna be one of them nights, man. <laughs> yuck, I'm yuck, look, yuck. It's my eleventh show this week. Um, <laughs> I know. I feel like Liza Minnelli on Broadway, man. I'm doing matinees. It's great. Uh, Matt Markovich is going to talk to us a little bit about the goings on in Olympia. But before we get to that. Well, we got you, Matt. I, I, um, it's time to play Get to Know Your Reporter. You know, <laughs> right. Kev, Kevin goes into the studio and, and runs the board, does a great job. Thank you. E- everything hits as it's supposed to hit. Uh, um, our commitment to our advertisers are met. All of our, our network feeds are, are grabbed up. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to collect an audience and hopefully keep you entertained and engaged so that the people who uh, do business in this town can have an audience to which to promote their goods and services. That's the whole nature of radio. I mean, you might think it's so that you can find out what I'm mad about, but that's not really why we're here. That's just a side effect. It's really the advertisers. So Kevin, who's got like this 10-year hearing damage from 10 years at Rock Radio, has the (laughs) the volume at ear-splitting levels. And when the morning shows come in at 5 a.m., and those poor people who have had no interaction with sound, let alone people, come in here and put the headphones on and hit a button, all of a sudden it's like... (laughs) Yeah. I think Kevin hurt somebody earlier. Straight up Black Sabbath <laughs> yeah. Tony Iommi just straight to the dome. So there's uh, Kevin found a story, Matt, about the worst records made by the best artists. Rolling Stone uh, put out a, a, a list of kind, kind of a low watermark for all of their uh, for the classic artists, from from Stones to Prince to Who to whomever to Madonna. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you for – somebody wants to ask me, what's your least favorite movie? What's your least favorite album? I tend to not hold on to those things. You know, my, my brain has only got so much room, 
and I'm going to hold on to the things that I really like. So I want to ask you, what's your favorite record? Dark Side of the Moon. There you go. Solid choice. Um, You know, that's just such a great album. Uh, Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. Uh, those anthem albums yeah, from the nice. 80s. Yeah, yeah. I like I like those. You know, um, I I was listening to Quadrophenia, Quadrophenia a long long time ago in quadraphonic stereo, there you, you know. Go. You know what's funny? You you just rattled off probably three of my all-time favorite albums as well. Nice. Yeah. You know, I, and I was I was a Who kid when I was growing up. You, you know, you're always are you a Stones kid or a Beatles kid? And I was a Who kid. I was a Who kid. I wasn't a Stones kid. I was a Tommy pinball wizard yep and i was a pinball wizard in high school i i played pinball like the old-fashioned pinball yeah and not some video know? game stuff where no where, way the, old-fashioned no. pinball you yeah. can stay alive for a couple hours on a quarter yeah and not tilt the machine so i mean that's that's my, i did that at a music store and i'd ride my bike to this music store in the back they had one pinball machine and i would listen to their and uh, seriously i mean you talk about music that was my music culture in the back of this music store, an old album store, this is in the you know seventies or late eighty or, or late seventies. I played pinball on this machine. I think it was called Jack in the Box for a quarter and be back there for hours while they constantly you know in the music store they're constantly playing new music. Yep. And I got into grassroots guitar because of that. What these guys were playing, um, and that was my education in the back of. While I was playing pinball in this music machine on a Saturday afternoon, that's what I did on the weekends. So uh, my when I was uh, probably 10, I want to say, or t- 10, 12, 13, those years, um, my, my old man and my mom, uh, my dad was uh, fresh home from Vietnam, um, and he hadn't got into the car business yet, and they were managing a Radio Shack store, right? It was, you know, that's early, early mid-70s, and... We we spent the summer at a mall, my brother and I. I think we were like twelve and thirteen around that age, and there was a record store directly like in, in the center of the mall, like one of those kiosk kind of stores. So it was like literally right in front of the Radio Shack store. My mom and dad were running, and literally, I mean, you know, two parents both working. We spent all summer at this mall, right? I mean, there wasn't no leaving an eleven and twelve year old at home. We, because she had a, we had a baby sister that was at a playpen in the back of the store. I mean, it was one of those, you know, middle America parents fighting their way through, doing everything they could to make ends meet. And we spent all summer at this record store, and it's the exact same thing. You know, the new, the Steve Miller Joker album. You know, the uh, whatever it might be, what in the mid seventies. It wasn't the Boston album yet, but you know, uh, the Bad Company was out. You know, it just Fleetwood Mac was out, but before Rumors. You know, with Bob yeah. Welch. Those kind of records, but I remember that that summer was important because there was a movie theater at the sum, at the uh, at the at the mall, and it was, it was before multiplex, right? With the big you know five different screens and lots of different movies that like we have today. I mean, they had one screen, they had one movie, right? For, and and the middle of the summer, the movie changed them. So all summer long, for like twelve weeks, I spent six weeks every I mean every day, Matt, my brother and I went in and watched Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> You know, at the age of like twelve, that's amazing. I mean, you know, like you know, the movie version with I think it was a Carl Weathers, I think it was that played no, uh, this, played, Robert, played Judas. Uh, the Nevin was his name. I can't remember the guy. Tony Tony. Him. Oh no, what was his name? I, I can't believe I'm I'm drawing a blank. That's only because it's yeah. Friday late. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus and 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 Judas. I mean, I could sing that entire 
album to you, <laughs> yeah, note for note. And at the at the middle of the summer when they changed movies, they went from uh, Ted Neely was the, was Jesus. Ted Neely, and that's Carl it, Weathers that's it. with Carl Anderson, Neely. Carl yeah, Anderson, right. and Yvonne Ted Neely. Element. Yvonne Element, for, who actually sang on Clapton's records. She played Mary Magdalene in that movie. So I spent I spent uh, six weeks watching Jesus Christ Superstar every day. Then they put on Tommy for six weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I watched the Who's movie Tommy, um, and and as a twelve year old kid, that will screw you up for life. But it set it set the tone musically for us, my brother and I, right? And then you know, and I went and I buy the Tommy album, the the movie soundtrack album. Yeah, and my it's uncle, a great album. I love it. it. It's a great album. It. It's got yeah. Clapton on it. Elton John's on it. There's so many guest stars that came on. Anne Margaret was on. You know, Jack Nicholson sings uh, a doctor, and there's a doctor in town on that record. Um, yeah. Well, then my uncle said, no, 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 no. And my uncle gave me a copy of The Who's Tommy, and that's okay. Oh, you, oh you're listening to the sound. Yeah, I was, I was talking about to the, the, Okay, I thought you were talking about the Who's version. No, no, no. That's that's yeah. funny because like I kind of got. I kind of introduced to this music from the movie soundtrack, which is, of course, The Who. Uh, and there's some variations from the, the, the studio album, but a lot of different guest artists. And, you know, Elton John doing Pinball Wizard. He had a hit with that. Yeah. Well, you know, a radio hit with that. But then my uncle said, no, 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 you got to hear this. And it was, no, like this that scene from, it was like that scene from Almost Famous, right? You know, light a candle, put this on, it'll change your life. When uh, when his older sister, the, the, the kid who was playing Cameron Crowe in Almost Famous... She moves out and gives her, him her, his record collection, gives his sister's record collection. He puts on Tommy, and it changes your life. That yeah. kind of music's the greatest. Who, who sang Bernie's Holiday Camp? Oh, Keith Moon. Well, in the, in in the, the on the soundtrack? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah in, the, in the movie soundtrack. Okay. Get morning, okay. campus. Yeah, that was, yeah, they had Keith Moon do it in the movie, too. And then, of course, Daughtry, Welcome to the Camp, which okay. was the, and then we're not going to take it, the big finale. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, all my favorite Who songs, not all my favorite, I love Townsend songs from The Who. And Townsend sings most of Tommy, or not most, but a lot more of Tommy than usual in the records. And Townsend- so, You know what? You, you, there's a great documentary I watched on Netflix a couple of months ago about uh, Townsend and how he... How how the autobiography of him is kind of through Tommy and what he went through to write all that. Yeah, and, yeah, it's a pretty good. If it's on Netflix, I'd suggest watching it if you're a fan. I'm a huge fan. Thanks for the tip. I appreciate that. So, do you have? Did any albums ever just let you down from artists that you love? Getting back to the Rolling Stone worst albums, and I hate when they do that worst albums. That's so subjective. Like for example, the Who says, or uh, Rolling Stone says that it's hard is the Who's worst album ever. I love that record. You know, um, I'm a big U2 fan. Okay. And the, um, I guess it's why I don't remember the name of the album and I don't like it. It's with, uh, it's like their second album ago. Uh, they had, uh, I, I see, it's like you don't remember albums you don't like. No, I, I, it was like two albums ago and yeah. it just, I didn't, there wasn't one song on it. It was not the album that had Magnificent. I love that song, but it was those... Uh, no Line on the Horizon or something no, like that? No, it wasn't that one. It was um, the one after that. Okay. And I, Well, see, it's no good because I can't remember what the name of the album is, and it, I'm a big uh, U2 fan. So I, it just, uh, I like all their albums except for that one, and I would have to say that was a disappointment for me. Was it yeah. the one that came gonna, preloaded on iPhones? No. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It did have a song, yes. It, with a, uh, it was, yes. It shows the guy holding another guy. It's it's Adam. That's, that's it, the, it's Songs of Innocence. 
Yes, that's yeah, it. Right, that's right, it. right. That, and Songs the, of Innocence. Thank and, you. And they and they literally loaded it for free without anybody asking on everybody's iPhone. Yep. Yes, I didn't like it at all. The yeah, whole album. Yeah. I was not crazy about that either. Now they're doing this. Uh, the the latest thing they've done. I mean, that's that's kind of heartbreaking too. Because I mean, everything after how did this 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 man on atomic bomb? I thought really was like okay, they're out of gas. They really haven't written great songs. And it was funny, who was Adultery just did an interview, Roger Daltrey of The Who, said, why would I bother writing any more new music? We have nothing to say. We're 70-year-old men. You know, who, who are we speaking to as an audience these days? You know, I mean, what, what was the last Great Stones song? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, and that's, that's just part of the deal. I mean, I love that these bands still get out and tour. I just saw Springsteen last week, you know, and the new Bruce record was all covers, but the one before that was, uh, he did Western Stars, and then he did uh, My Letter to You, and he played a couple of those newer songs at the show, but, you know, you go for the stuff that, when they had their muse, when they were in their 20s and 30s, you know, when they were still fighting for a piece of the pie, and talking about the lives that they grew up, the things they had done, the experience they'd had that got them you know the musical anger and and drive well you know you great. bring up the you bring up these bands where the guys are in their 70s and you know a kiss is coming to the climate pledge right and i thought about it and and i thought you know if they stand out there and don't and do kind of like an acoustical set i would be totally disappointed oh i it, would i want i want to see the glam rock of the 70s in right. a big climate pledge with lights going off fire everything smoke and if Gene they wouldn't be dripping blood the whole night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if and, and you figure, well, these guys in their 70s, are they going to still do that? You know, I'm a, I was a huge Tubes fan, and they had Fee Waybill was the lead singer sure. there. And he, he comes out in this character at the very end on White Punks on Dope and, and, and has this character called Quaalude. And he's in these big, tall shoes. They're two feet tall, and it's tight, and, you know, has this whole character. But he's seventy years old. I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> it's okay, like, yeah. you know, I, I want to relive my youth through that. But at the same time, he's seventy years old. I don't want to see a seventy-year-old guy in doing a quaalude, a big hair rocker <laughs> character. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because we saw this last Stones tour, right? My wife and I, and they and they did a nice job. And Mick can still throw it around on stage. It looks kind of weird to see a seventy-some-year-old Mick Jagger. You know, with the with the you know clapping and dancing and shaking his butt, and uh, but he still can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we just saw Springsteen last week, and but I know see, I've, I've believe yeah, yeah. this. Springsteen, you know, I mean, these are classic guys. But yeah. I'm talking about no, I, no, I hear you. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to see Iggy Pop. I I love right. Iggy Pop and the Stooges. I love those. I love that music. But I don't want to see. I mean, Iggy always ran with no shirt on, and now it's kind of like, oh my gosh, yeah. It's it's hard to look at a seventy year old guy. With the skin and no, it's it's tough. You ever see yeah. Army of Dead? Or no. sorry, you ever see Evil Dead, the Necronomicon book? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yes. uh, Iggy Pop's chest looks like these days. <laughs> Yuck! Oh, best tour you ever saw, Matt Markovich? I saw the Wall, Pink Floyd, a big Pink Floyd fan. Okay, so now that came you out, I, I saw their second show in Los Angeles when I was working at KMET. Great seats. Wow, no, I was privileged at that point working for the big radio station. Yeah, isn't that and, great being part of radio and getting be, getting to do the oh, things? Oh man, get to you do? know, I got to see the who. I see all the bands when they came through Los Angeles at that point. But you know, the Wall was that one shot wonder tour where they did eight shows, and I saw the second one in the sports arena in Los Angeles, where they, you know, if you haven't ever seen it, you know, they literally in a big arena they build a wall, a yeah. wall all the way to the top of the arena. 
and the and the and if you know the album, the you hear of airplane crashing. Well, they had an airplane crashing into this wall. It crumbles down. The airplane's on fire. It lit the sports arena on fire up in the upper deck. Wow! Uh, everyone's like, "Wow, is this part of it? That's really cool. I mean, that's real fire up there." Yeah, look, it was. Yeah, it was. They're, they're it was rushing real fire. people out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they had to put it out, and it's burning the curtains up on the roof. It and looks the so realistic. It's yeah. because yeah. it is. I mean, like, wow. Uh, so you know, probably that's probably the most probably the most memorable concert I've ever seen was that. Yeah. Because it was so iconic and it was so rare to, to attend a And that a was that was Pink Floyd before Waters and No, that more. was with Waters. I mean before they had their falling out was it the original yes, four? Yes, 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 yeah. yeah you know, this the, is the original band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz I've seen Waters do The Wall and it's it was amazing. It was truly amazing. And I, and I've seen Pink Floyd since they broke up you know, with Gilmore and, and Wright and Mason before uh, Rick Wright passed away and and you know, but it wasn't the same without Roger Waters in yeah. that group. You know, it was a great show. We saw him up in Vancouver, at BC place. And it's another it. good documentary out on Netflix. They have the making of uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, that I've seen. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? Okay, let me, real quickly before we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're actually going to talk politics. We're going to talk. <laughs> I swear, we're going to talk Olympia. You don't have to. No, no. I, I, this is so much more fun. So yeah. I was going to just ask you. Oh, there has to be what, a payoff. You know, Ro- the audience wants some payoff. There they want to learn something. Roger new. Waters just redid the entire Dark Side of the Moon by himself and said things like, you know, the guys were just basically session musicians. I was the only creative and artistic force in the wow. entire band. What, what do you think of that kind of, I mean, what, what makes a guy you know, do that? He's an old man. That's old man is. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. A bitter old man. His... his his emotions got the best of him. He couldn't get along with his own bandmates. It's amazing when you see guys like you two still together making music together. So it went Mick and, and Keith, and who's now just Ronnie Wood's the last one left, right? Charlie's gone. Uh, I, mean, I just watched a documentary. I love these documentaries. I just watched Brian Wilson documentary. Oh. You know, they went, this one guy's been following for years, and, you know, Brian has had some mental issues. Yes, he has. And, uh, Agoraphobia and all kinds he's, of stuff. Yeah, he's a journalist. He's gotten to know really well, and it's just about him talking and taking his old spots in Los Angeles. Really well done. When we come back, I swear, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what happened at Olympia in the last few days. It's been pretty historic days down there. Maybe we'll find some other stuff to talk about with Matt Markovich. It's Carl Knights, Spike O'Neill, Kevin Ears. We'll be right back. I'm Spike O'Neill. Kevin Deere is on the board. Matt Markovich is with us. And we're talking about anything but Olympia. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to respond to somebody who put in the text line about the Who Boys uh, loving Mopars. You even know what a Mopar is? Mopar is a uh, it's a, a car. I know it's Mopar is like a Chrysler. Re- not Chrysler's. Um, Dodge, right? Well, no, it actually could be anything. It could be Fiat, but it's an original car. You know, with basically basic part, same parts. Oh, okay. Original, okay. Uh, original. That's what a Mopar part. is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's basically that's what it's a. That's what my understanding is. It's a lot. It could be Dodges. Uh, it could be uh, any other car. Uh, but I was just kind of looking up. I thought, does any of the who no you know, into let, Mopars? No, let me let, let me tell you what what happened here. And and this is Rich, one of our regular textures to the show. Yeah, Rich, did you mean mopeds? Rich, did you mean scooters? Um, oh. I, I'm seeing Mopars, and I'm thinking um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing this. Well, Mopars is a thing. I mean, Dee no, Snyder no, no, from no. Twisted Sister has one, right? So I thought he was thought, thought maybe the rock and rollers. 
Uh, you know, Vin Diesel's got these. You know, so it's a kind of a move to have the original muscle cars. Okay, okay. And, so and may, maybe those guys do uh, are car collectors. Um, it, it, uh, Rich texts back the show. Did you mean like scooters? Like because like, <laughs> they're seven years old? No, 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 no. Mods and rockers. I mean, you talk about Quadrophenia, right? Yeah, right. The mod, yeah. right on the cover of Quadrophenia. There's, you know, Jimmy from the the from the from the the, the story, uh-huh. um, and he's got he's on a, a scooter, one of those old Vespas, because oh. the mods used to run around scooters, right? And the rockers were on motorcycles, and that was the era that the Who grew up in in, in England. That you were either a mod or a rocker. Rockers were leather, greasy hair, rock and rollers, and the mods were more clean cut. Pill takers instead of drinkers, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I believe me, man. You talk about the who? That's you're going right down my alley, man. I know. Well, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to listen to expertise here. Well, and, and speaking of car guys, we lost Jeff Beck a few weeks ago. He was a hot rod collector. Jeff Beck had like these old 30s, you know, the, the, I mean the old 1930s hot rods, like the bucket coupe hot rods, those kind of things, and he just loved those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, texture saying Mopars are Chrysler products specifically. Is that I'm seeing that from a lot of different yeah, people. Yeah, okay, you're right. You're right. I, like Chrysler's from yeah, the fifties yeah. on. Okay. okay. I knew Mopar, but I'm wondering. I wonder if he meant scooters and or mopeds, or if he meant you know if he was talking about the mods and rockers thing. Well, I could I, be wrong. Know, I think it. I, as I'm looking, you know, it's like just Chrysler's, Dodge, Jeeps. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, but. but you know, Fiats are thrown in there. I guess that's when, you know, I'm not a car guy, but maybe Chrysler bought Fiat. I don't, you know, they did. They did. That's right. So I guess we've beaten around the bush as long as we can. We probably well, should you talk know, about you know, Olympia. <laughs> Delaying well, we it as much as you possibly can, Spike. We, we are, man. Uh, well, we don't have to, Spike. It's Friday. If you don't want <laughs> this to. This is so true, man. What I do you mean, think? Uh, are, are you a movie fan? I am a movie fan. Did, are, do you still go to the movies, Matt? No. You, are you at home? Are you a home theater kind of guy now? Like uh, this- because when you spend a couple grand on your home theater and you got seven point one sound sitting on your couch and you yeah. can go to your own bar and pour whatever you want, it doesn't cost you fifty bucks. And I can get my uh, Costco <laughs> hot uh, popcorn going, and I can dim the lights and sit with my woman on a big eighty-five inch screen. Uh, do I need to go to a big? No, theater? you don't, you never need to stick to another floor again. Yeah. Ever in your life. Yeah, I mean, I'll go see. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll, I'll go see the new Avatar because it's a big theater experience. You know, the yeah. big pictures. I'll go, yeah. see, I'll go see Maverick. I wanted to go see that in the theater. You know, I just want that full action-packed ser- uh, experience. But any kind of romantic love story, forget it. Never will go to a theater. For you know, that, I was watching you know. an interview between, I think it was uh, Bill Maher and Quentin Tarantino. Bill Maher does this podcast that he's not his uh, real-time show that's on HBO and now they're after hours or what they call them, overtime. They do that on CNN. Now, I'm not sure how they put mm-hmm. that deal together, but they did. He's got a podcast, Bill Maher does, and he asked Quentin Tarantino, you know, is anybody ever going to go back to the theaters? And I thought his, his answer was pretty interesting. He was saying that there's a collective group experience that you can only get with a bunch of strangers in a room watching the same thing together, like mutual laughs, you know, or, or a gasp at the right time. And and I, I miss that stuff. You know, I, I haven't been to a theater since the pandemic hit. I haven't gone to see, I want to go see, like you said, I want to go see the Avatar Way of Water. I want to go see Top Gun Maverick in a big theater where you got to experience it in a big, on a big screen with monstrous sound that shakes the whole room. But for the most part, I got a, I got a 70-inch TV. I'm happy mm-hmm. to see it at home. Mm-hmm. Do you like- well, I mean, 
Yeah. You know, I used to do movies, uh, movie junkets back when, oh, probably 20 years ago. I'd fly to Los Angeles, fly to New York. You know, if you don't ever do this is one part why I like my what my life has been. I get to do odd things and different things. And for a couple of years, I did these movie junkets where you go fly in. And this is how... It, how, have you done that? You you fly in, they put you up at a nice hotel. Yeah, the, and they, the and Four they, Seasons yes, in Hollywood, and they, in, and, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And, and they will empty out, they'll take a whole floor of the hotel and empty the rooms and set up like interview stations. Exactly and right. The, and and the, it's kind of like and a the, factory. Yes, mm-hmm. and, the, and the stars will be in each of these separate rooms and various media people will go down and get your 10 minutes with the star. Yeah. One of my favorite interviews, I did Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Who'd they ha- so who'd they have available to you? Uh, they had um, they had uh, uh, Samuel Jackson mm. and they had um, well my blanket on him um, Travolta yes okay mm-hmm. was Bruce Willis no oh. uh, so, okay that's that's so, amazing that movie's got so many great actors in it and they had uh, God, you know, blanket on the Ving guy Rames? Who, no the 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 white guy who is the the thief and his girlfriend they they robbed the Denny's oh Tim like Roth that. That, Tim Roth Honey Bunny. You. Yep. yep. So, but you know, but I was going to say you were talking about movies and stuff. So I was able to go do these movie theaters, and you know, where you go into these, like you said, you they they screen the movie for just for the journalists who show up that they fly in, and you're at some nice Hollywood or New York theater, and so one one of my favorite experiences, and I love the movie. I ha- I have to admit it, Dumb and Dumber with uh, yeah Jeff Daniels and um, Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey. So I'm sitting there. Watching the movie, I sit down, I'm in the thing, I hear this laugh behind me. This guy just howling, laughing. I turn around, right in the row, right behind me, it's Jeff Daniels. Watching, watching his watching own movie. Oh my God. Watching his own movie. <sighs> and I turned around uh, after the movie and I said, Hi, and I introduced myself and I said, Are you, you were laughing so hard. Have you seen this movie? He goes, No, this is the first time I've seen it. And, uh, and he was laughing hysterically, like genuinely laughing, not like yeah. generating, like trying oh, to generate laughs. Isn't that you great? Know? Yeah. <sighs> and so he had never, he had not seen that movie until, I mean, they had just basically finished it and they, you know, they show it to the press and then they release it maybe a week or two later to the movie theaters. Uh, that, that's so. in, such an interesting thing because when actors make movies, they do it in pieces, little mm-hmm. bits and takes, and sometimes it's not even in the order that the final story is presented, right? Mm-hmm. And then they don't get so much done in editing and the soundtrack and the scoring of a movie mm-hmm. has such a, a hand in how it affects the audience. What a what a cool thing to experience. My my favorite movie junket of all time I got to go see Anchorman. Oh. And they and they had, you know, Will Farrell and they had uh Paul Rudd and Steve Carell and Steve Carell's like, "Oh, I just made this movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin." And it's because it, that was his first ever real lead. He was, uh, you know, the weatherman brick in Anchorman. Yeah. Um, but Will Ferrell had just had his first son. And we had just had our youngest daughter, like, the same week. And we sp- I had 10 minutes with Will Ferrell. We never talked about the movie. We talked I've been about banned kids. From Weather- I've been banned from Warner Brothers. I should tell you that story. Oh, but can you can you hang? I know I've got, yep. I, know I've take- I know this is your Friday night. Hey, Do you I'm, mind hanging? I'm fine. I'm fine. Oh, this is great. It's Matt Markovich, and it's good, anything. It's a good band story. Too. Anything but Olympia. With okay. Matt Markovich. <laughs> we'll be right back after these Kyra Nights.
Welcome back to Kyra Knights. The text line, by the way, overwhelmingly asking us to talk about music and not take us down to Olympia. (laughs) Matt Markovich is with us. Hey, man, I love having you on. I really do. I want to keep a couple things from the text line I want to clear up. Mopar is, we got to figure it out. It's Chrysler Dodge Plymouth. Um, And Fiat bought Chrysler. When a texter brought that up, I remember that was exactly how that all went down. Yep, Mopar is the brand name. Like, Motorcraft is associated with Ford. Then Mopar is associated with those those brands. Hey, right we actually there. have people listening. I guess they're yeah. responding, you know, correcting us. That's Absol- a good thing. That's I'm, a really dude, good thing. I'll tell you what, there's a cottage industry of correcting my mistakes at night here on Kyra Nights. <laughs> a full, I got a full-fledged team of research dynamos online. I love doing it, too. So you were yeah. you were thrown out of Warner Brothers? Yeah, yeah. So I was talking about movie junkets, and this is a, a great story. Give me a minute to take it. Uh, to tell it, Lay it out there, I was a I was a reporter over at, at Cairo Seven uh, in the early '90s, and I was doing these movie junkets. And I went to a screening of what was known as This Boy's Life. I don't. That's a movie that probably doesn't show up on your radar. It's it's a great film. Big stars, very young Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, you have a Robert De Niro in it, Ellen Barkin, um, and you. And it is a. And essentially, it's a horrible movie. It's about a father who lived in concrete Washington who beats his son and his girlfriend, then wife, and, and she kind of enables him. And it's called This Boy's Wife Life, and it's written by Tobias Wolf, who was actually the son of the man, Dwight, who he wrote about. So it's semi-autobiographical. Big-time stars, big-time delivery movie. You know, it just did okay in the box office, but it was a breakout movie for Leonardo DiCaprio. So I went down and did the junket, interviewed the stars, DiCaprio, De Niro, Barkin, came back to Seattle, did a story about it. And I get a call from, I want to remember if it's the sister of Tobias Wolf or a relative. It said, Matt, we saw your stories on Cairo 7. That's not how my dad was. That's not what happened. We want to tell our story. I said, great, let's interview you. Uh, Get kind of an alternative to this somewhat autobiographical story that took place in Concrete, Washington. In the meantime, they have a screening in Seattle for this movie that the family wanted to have because it's about their family. They didn't know how the movie looked at all. Right. I knew. When they showed this picture, before the picture... The family members, and this happened at the Guild 45th, there on 45th, there in Wallingford, they stood up and said, and this is the sister telling me this, they stood up and said, everybody, this is the real family that you're about to see on the screen. And they all stood up and everybody applauded and, and then they ran the movie. And it just shows this father just beating the S out of everybody. It was a horrible person. And when the lights came up, the family snuck out of the theater. They were so embarrassed. Oh, my God. They had no idea how this meant. Their father was being portrayed by Tobias Wolf, the the son that's in the uh, that wrote about this. Right, and this was De Niro's character, right? This was the the, the, the father was De yeah. Niro was Dwight, the father. You know, so the that same year that this movie came out, he died in Concrete, Washington, and the movie comes out, and so I do a story with the family saying, you know what, what, what that what that was portrayed in the movie wasn't quite right. So I interviewed them. Of course, I had to call Warner Brothers and get their response to what it was. And Warner Brothers says, hey, you know, Matt, we, we, we do these movie junkets. We flew you down there. You know, if you ever want to do one of these movie junkets, you run this story. You're never going to do it again. You're never going to, we're never going to invite you again. I run the story. 
kind of a token written response from Warner Brothers defending the movie, but it was very emotional about the family members who told about the, the real father and how it was he wasn't portrayed this he's portrayed wrongly in this right, movie. Right. And now I'm I was forever banned. You never from got Brothers. to go to another Warner Brothers junket. Oh, but man. but that's just it. You know, as a journalist, you you know you know you could say, yeah, we're taking a freebie. We're getting flown down there by the studios and treated well and shown a movie. I mean, they used to back in the old days in these junkets. I flew into Acapulco. You go to uh, Nashville. They blew up a building for a Stallone movie. I went to Demolition Man. They literally blew up a building as to kind of promote <laughs> the movie. Uh, Demolition they have so Man much, the, they have way too much money, don't they? To yeah, they throw did, around. They, oh. they still do. They still have a lot of money. But those junkets are have those expansive big junkets are long gone. Yeah, um, they are. Yeah, uh, those but, days are gone. But 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 I have forever banned. I never heard from Warner Brothers ever again. I, I remember I was down doing. I forget which junket it was. I think we were doing a Ben Kingsley movie. I can't remember which one it was. Um, I think it was a Species. It was called Species, like a B-rate Ben Kingsley movie. Um, and we're down there, and we're at the Beverly Wilshire, right? I mean, these—I mean, they put you at the nicest hotels, right? And we're in the lobby, and there's chatter, 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 and the whole lobby goes dead silent. And I'm looking like, you know, did, did somebody come in to rob the place? And Sean Connery is walking through the lobby, and um, we're talking about like you know, 100 people, 150 people in this lobby, just there's that din of ch- of conversation. And when Sean Connery, six foot four, Sean Connery. Goes walking through the lobby of the Beverly Wilshire, the whole place just dropped and just jaws dropped open, and watched I, watched him walk across the hall. Real, I, real quickly, I was at a junket in uh, Beverly Hills during the OJ chase, the slow chase, and all that's all we could talk about in the middle of all these theater, uh, all the movie, these movie uh, stars and the uh, movie stars are glued to the TV screen because wow. they're watching the helicopter shots. Then all of a sudden, they heard that OJ had been arrested and he was taken downtown. I was outside in Beverly Hills when they were in Los over over uh, West LA, and they flew these all these helicopters, TV helicopters, flying to downtown. I'll never forget that. All in a mass because they thought OJ was down there. Um, we, we went by Brentwood. We took our picture like a couple of tourist dorks. Me and Bob Rivers. I, I did the same thing in front of the house in Brentwood. That thing's been leveled, by the way. That house is gone. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt, thank you so much. You're welcome. And nice I, way to spend a Friday. Absolutely. Next week, I'm sure we'll be have updates from all the work being done by the Washington State Legislature down <laughs> in our Capitol Olympia. But tonight, we're just having fun. Appreciate you, man. Uh, you're the welcome. News, the new segment, Anything. Anything but Olympia. But Olympia. That's right. <laughs> That's a new title there. All right. Thanks. got to come up with a song for that. There now. you go. We'll be right back. It's Kyra Knights. Don't go anywhere. 